challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. So great to have you with me here on the Great Man Podcast. Be sure you go to greatman.tv, our website. You'll find out about books. You'll find out about videos. You'll find out about our amazing digest that gets mailed out free of charge every week. You can subscribe to that. Uh, You can find out about our Twitter feeds. Go to greatman.tv. We're not trying to sell you anything. We're trying to help you be a great, a good, a noble, a righteous a fine man. All right, I want to dive in in this particular episode and answer a question that many of you have been asking me for quite some time. I've just had other things I needed to address, but here goes. Many men have said, you often talk, Stephen, about men and their sons. Talk to us about men and their daughters. What is the role of a father with a daughter? What is a good, a righteous, a great man? What's he doing with a daughter? How is he affecting her? What does he need to pay attention to? Great question, and I'm happy to dive into it. I have a beautiful daughter, Elizabeth, whom I love dearly. She lives in New York. Uh, She's an executive with a leading firm. Uh, She really is amazingly gifted and sweet and the delight of my heart. And uh, and I'm delighted to share with you some of the things that I've learned, some of the things I've observed, maybe even some of the places where I've messed up. (laughs) Although Elizabeth's doing great and she survived me. All right, so... When a man has a daughter, one of the first things he's got to do, and I'm not going to be real specific about the way to do this because there are many ways to do this. The first thing he's got to do is get a radar lock on what the godly, what the righteous feminine looks like. Now, you can get a picture of this from scripture. You can get a picture of this from reading about some of the great ladies that have lived in the world, elegant, beautiful, feminine, powerful, gifted, leading women. Uh, you can get uh, a lot of this by talking to women you know whom you, would, whom you admire, your wife. Um, who knows? People, women you know from work, women you know from church, women you know from uh, wherever you know them. Uh, but get a sense of the righteous, the good, the noble feminine. In other words, I'm going to ask you to be the guardian coach and the exemplar of a young for a young lady who is rising in what it means to be a good woman, a righteous woman, a noble woman. Well, you got to be in touch with what that means. You got to be in touch with what it means to be a good woman. You got to be in touch with what it means. Uh, to be a, a righteous woman, a woman of character, or as scripture says, a woman of virtue. So what does that mean? Now, I could go for the next 10 episodes and not scratch the, very deeply into the surface of this exact definition, but you in your own head, for your own culture, for your own context, have got to understand what a feminine woman, what femininity is of the virtuous and noble type. It's under attack these days, just like uh, true non-toxic masculinity is. And so you need to know it. Get help. Go to the women's uh, minister, the leader at your church. Uh, Talk to the rabbi's wife. Talk to the priest's wife. Talk to whoever you need to talk to, uh, to find out what this is. Read books, again, as I say, about people Uh, who inspire you, women who inspire you, uh, immerse yourself in women in history who have 
who are exemplars of certain characteristics? What is it that's, that is good about them? What is it that's feminine about them? And in the same way that we we don't want uh, our definition of noble manhood to be a bunch of you know scratching, grunting, unfeeling, incommunicative troglodytes. Uh, we also don't want to assume that you know all women are. I don't mean this to be insulting at all about the South, but Southern belles, all, all of them are frilly and you know wearing lace. And why I would never, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Of course, we have a changed version of what manhood is. My daughter bow hunts. <laughs> She's a beautiful, feminine woman. She's been actually been a photograph for Vogue, um, but she she bow hunt, has bow hunted during times in her life. She hikes. Uh, she works out aggressively. Uh, you know, she has a lot of male friends, and they they do all kinds of things out in the woods of New York. She lives up in New York, like I say. And so you don't want to make it just purely about frills and lace, but that is part of what it means. The main thing we're going for is character. The main thing we're going for is what is the feminine that you're nurturing in her? And I'd be happy to have somebody on this podcast who specialized in talking about that, but I'm just not going to go any further in defining what righteous, godly, noble, good feminine is because there are people out there who are experts. I'm sure there are great books to be recommended and so on. So do what you need to do, dad, to get a ray or stepdad to get a radar lock on what the good and noble feminine is, okay? Number two, your primary job is to call that out, coach that in, um, affirm that in the life of your daughter. Now, when she's young, you know, there's not much difference between a three-year-old boy, three-year-old girl in terms of the rowdiness, in terms of dad's influence, et cetera. Uh, but as thing as as they both get older, you begin to speak to them a little bit differently. We're not going to play the game that there's no difference between male and female, or that gender is just a choice. That's not true. It's not gender is not a cultural construct. That's just silliness. Gender is God given. Gender is biological. Uh, gender is the way the soul is woven. Uh, I believe both by God and by a nurturing family, and so. You want to coach that and call that out. You want to affirm that. Uh, you want to be the one to, to sit quietly with your daughter over pizza and say, you know, I just love what I see emerging in your life about this or about that. You know, when you were two years old, hardly made a difference. But now that you're 11, 12, 13, 10, whatever it is, um, you want to affirm, you want to narrate. Uh, kids don't know necessarily what's emerging in their lives. They need someone to hold up a loving mirror. They need someone to say, you know, you, you, you really, I love what I see emerging. And then you describe it. And it's frankly, probably the first time they've even thought about it. Um, you know, my father, as I've said many times in this podcast was a good man, but because of military distraction and other things, he was not that devoted or active of a father. But when I began to, uh, when I was turning into adolescence and I got big and I got strong, he just very gently turned to me and he said, you know, I love seeing the way that you're not only becoming a good, strong, you know, tall, uh, visible young man, but that you're also learning to use your strength for the good of others. Well, I mean, I got to tell you, the thought had never crossed my mind. He was affirming something that wasn't there yet. He got ahead of the game. He what he was saying, I love I love seeing that emerge in you. And what he was really doing is saying, this is the way you ought to go. <laughs> he wasn't really saying, hey, it sure is great that you've almost mastered the fact that you have to use your strength for the for the good of others. No, I was using my physical strength to show off, to get girls, to dominate, to 
you know, control to earn my way in a big job. I went to a gigantic high school at about the age of 13, 14 years old. So all of that to say, my father's affirming of what he saw in a kind of a budding seed form set a path for me. He was actually saying, now, this is the way you ought to go. Walk ye in it, so to speak. And I was able to understand, okay, that's what a man does. Thanks, dad, so to speak. I mean, I didn't respond to him with, oh, thanks, dad, for showing me the golden path. Uh, I just said, okay, good, dad, thanks. And I walked on, but I thought about it for days. And I realized, you know, Mansfield, you're showing off with your strength. You're not using it for the good of others. And sure enough, right away, I had opportunities to back off bullies and protect a woman at night when, once when I was, you know, went into a grocery store and things like that. So all that to say that you want to call it out, you want to coach it, you want to identify it, and you want to do it in a way with your daughter or your stepdaughter or the women that you have influence with. You want to do it in a way that it points to a path. Um, you know, there, there's a there's an important thing about women that's a little bit different from when, uh, men. Women undergo more biological changes in their journey towards womanhood. M- men have less of them, which means men have to be coached even more uh, in the use of their strengths. But women have to be given the map. Young girls have to be given the map to understand what's happening to them. Uh, and by the way, I, I suggest you fathers that you uh, you know, stay distant a little bit, uh, unless you're the only, you know, unless you're a single parent, uh, you know, let a woman handle issue of periods, let it, let a woman handle the issue of breasts. Uh, I checked on those broadly with my daughter, but I left her with, to her mother on those matters. It's not something a, a, a dad should get too closely connected to just understand it, just affirm it, just let her know you're aware of it. Just let her know you're, you're celebrating her emergence as a woman. But what you want to do is coach these things. What you want to do is, is, is urge her in certain directions, urge her towards femininity. She starts to put on makeup, tell her how beautiful she is. And I, I, I don't think it's wrong for a dad to say, you know, you don't need that much. You're so pretty. You don't need that much makeup. And, and no girl's going to resist that. I mean, they put makeup on to try to be prettier uh, than because they don't understand how pretty they are. So a dad's affirmation, uh, a man's affirmation and his and his love and his uh, charting of the path and lots of time. A dad needs to spend a lot of time with his daughter, just like he does with his son. It might be a little easier with sons because sons at a certain point attached to dads and, de- and the sons want to do what the dads want to do. Go shoot, go see the football game, go eat too much, whatever. Daughters might be a little bit more of a stretch in some cases. I, I don't mean that they're aliens. I just mean that dads are, you know, get to a certain point where some of them are just perfectly willing for the daughters to be left to the mothers. That's a mistake. Mothers should be absolutely fully involved, but dads play a vital role. You have a sense of what the feminine is. You're urging it, describing it, celebrating it, calling it out, and to the extent that you can, coaching it. Okay? Now, I'm putting the next thing third, but it's almost the most important thing, and that is that a a man, a father of a girl— One of the most important things he will do is model what a good man is. So I'm talking about treating the girl, the daughter, uh, in a way that she feels her princess nature. I don't mean that in some Disney movie sense. She feels the fact that she's special. I'm going to use a word that will bother some of you. She feels the fact that she's royal. My daughter feels a certain bit of royalty in my house. I don't mean my physical house, but in the world that I can reach to, the world that I can affect, in relationship with me, she's royal. 
I'm not trying to claim the Mansfields royalty. That's silly. What I'm trying to say is my daughter knows she's special. My daughter knows that she's my daughter. And when we're in a group, when she's with me on the road, when we do things together, when we're with other people, um, she has that, you know, for lack of a better phrase, that reflected glory. I love her. I treat her specially. I dote on her. I'm radically generous with her. I celebrate her. I mention her a lot. Um, I stand with her. I get doors for her. I, you know, you understand what I'm saying. I, I want her to feel Um, I'm going to put it in extreme terms that are not about me. If dad is king, then the daughter is truly a royal princess. And she's loved, she's doted on. What what, what does that mean? That means that anybody who understands that Elizabeth Mansfield is Stephen Mansfield's daughter also knows don't mess with her. Don't cross her. Be nice to her. Tell me if there's anything that needs to be addressed or dealt with, and I'll deal with it. Do not mess with her. Do not harm her. She's special to me. My team, my family, my relatives, and all of my friends will respond immediately to protect my daughter because she's mine. And the only word I can think of at the moment is she's part of the royal house of Mansfield. I mean, I may, I'm saying that in silly terms and extreme terms, and we don't think we're royal. But the way she's treated is royal. Now, that doesn't mean she doesn't have duties and responsibilities and work to do, and she had to have jobs, and she had to work her way into college, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But nevertheless, I'm modeling for her what it means to be a man. I'm saying to her, I'm pursuing, I'm trying to be a righteous man. I'm going to treat you the way a righteous man ought to. I want this to burn into your mind. I want you to understand that this is what good and noble manhood is. I want you to understand that this is what it's like. This is what the loving hug of a father who's a righteous man should feel like. This is what loving touch feels like. When I take your arm, when I take your hand, when I walk you into a restaurant, when I seat you at a table, when I open your car door for you, when I when I do whatever I do, when I buy things for you, when I welcome your friends, when I give the hairy eyeball to boys who want to take you out. All of that is about me loving you. It's about me treating you specially. It's about me letting you see what a righteous man is so you know who you are in relationship to it. And therefore, you know what to look for in the future. I I have no problem. My wife, my daughter and I have never had this conversation, but if she was here, I'm sure we could just do it right in front of you. Um, I'm hoping she's looking for a husband. She's not married yet. Uh, who's somewhat like her father. Not exactly like her father, because I can be an idiot. But I'm saying in the basic ways that she knows I'm pursuing, and by the way, she's a very very good with literature, so she has edited all my books on men. So she's getting that education. She's, she's reading and editing the literature where I say, here's where I did well, and here's where I messed up, and here's where my, what my life went amok. When it went, went off the rails as a man, and then here's how I got it back, and here's my band of brothers, and here are the principles that I try to build on. She's right in the middle of all of that. Well, don't you think that's going to play in her mind when she's looking for a man? Don't you think she's going to think about that when a guy asks her out for a date? So you model manhood. Manhood radiates. Manhood shines into the souls of a man's family. Manhood builds an image. I want uh, my example to be in my daughter's mind when she just says the word man. He's a good man. He's a man, you know. So-and-so in politics is not that good of a man. There aren't a lot of good men here. I want my image, so to speak, to at least loosely flash into her mind. Okay, then finally, 
you want to be protecting, you want to be protecting the femininity that's rising in her. Now, we can make jokes and we can talk about, you know, me meeting her dates at the door, cleaning my, my, my Kimber 1911 or whatever, but I'm not making a joke about it. You protect her. You know, it started early. Her brother's a fine young man, but, you know, there came a point where I kind of had to protect her from him, in a sense, because they've been wrestling and roughhousing for years. And finally, her body began to change, and she became an adolescent. I had to sort of say, Jonathan, you know, you can't just run your sister over in football. You know, that's just not how it works. You treat her a little differently. And I had to teach him how to deal uh, with someone who had been his best friend and who was rowdy and as rough as he was. But as she emerged, he had to change pace. Well, that's very good for him to know. Uh, in terms of educating him for, for dealing with his own wife, for dealing with his daughters, for dealing with other women. You've got to know that, you know, women change and you've got to protect it. So yeah, part of my role was to protect Elizabeth from even Jonathan. I don't mean that in some vicious way. They just were rowdy teenagers and, and you had to say, hey, back off a little bit, be gentle, uh, help me protect and take care of Elizabeth. And so you protect, you protect in terms of your choices of college, you protect financially, you protect uh, in terms of, of advising her. Elizabeth, one of, the, one of the better things I did as a father is my kids have had, they heard about everything that might go wrong in the world from me. Talk about date rape, my daughter heard it from me. Talk about sex with my son, my son heard it from me. Talk about pornography, my son heard it from me. Um, there are other things I didn't do as well as a father, and most of them had to do with being too busy and too distracted, and my kids have forgiven me for that. But what I do, what I did that was wise, and I think is important, is that I believe in having important conversations. I get frustrated with men who, you know, diddle their hands and don't, who I hope somebody talks to my son about sex, you know, that kind of thing. No, no, no. I get there the firstest with the mostest. I got sat down with my son before he was even a teenager, and we went for a trip I've described before. And we talked about sex and we talked about porn and we talked about women and we talked about intercourse. We talked about all that stuff in a fun way, shooting down the highway with the wind blowing through our hair and music cranking. We had great conversation. And that's what you want to do. You want to talk about these things. You want to frame these things in a moral casing. Uh, and you want to make sure that they know who you are. And that way you're protecting them. In a sense, you're inoculating them just like a doctor does, uh, you know, with a flu shot or or some other kind of shot to keep you from, you know, all the inoculations you probably had to have in school. That's exactly what you're doing. My kids didn't confront much out there that we hadn't talked about in advance. I'm not saying there weren't temptations. I'm not saying they didn't maybe screw up once in a while, um, but at least they had heard it from their father and the moral framing was provided and the reasons these things are done a certain way and why certain things have been forbidden by God, societies, whatever, down through the years, they understood all that. And they, and they lived good lives and they're growing up into fine kids. So that's the role of a father. When I say protect, most of you aren't going to have to go busting into some house and beat some kid up or drive some kid off or threaten some kid who stalks your daughter. If that happens, then you know what to do. But most of us are never going to have to deal with it at that level. Protecting them means anticipating the evils that might come their way, inoculating them, narrating the world for them and helping them be prepared for everything that's about to come. And yeah, then if it comes down to absolute physical protection, get to it. A man needs to know how to do that kind of stuff. And I was always there for that. Now, this is a broad, passionate description of what we need to do. But men, I don't ever want to give the impression that I want you to pull in with your son more than with your daughter. 
It could almost be the opposite. The sons, once you engage, once you start enjoying that relationship, once you build those connections, that almost gets easy. Uh, it almost It's almost easier to hang with a son you've built connections with uh, than necessarily a daughter because the daughter is growing differently. She's growing in a direction that's different from your direction in life. But a son's growing towards you. doesn't mean you love them less. It just means that they're other creatures. And so it's something that you have to adjust gears to do. Listen to this podcast. Get these four truths down. There's some good books out there. I don't know what they are at the moment because I haven't, frankly, uh, seen any that I know of that are about father-daughter relationships, but I'm sure there's some good ones out there these days. Get some good recommendations. But for me, the issue is broader than one book. It's broader than one seminar. It's about praying for your daughter, turning your attention to your daughter, realizing your vital role in her. She will be a strong woman to the extent that you are a strong man and a model in her life, to the extent that you protect her and nurture her and call out of her the things that God has put in her and her unique wiring. It's a privilege, it's a joy, and it is a delight. So get to it. And I'm happy to hear your questions sent back to me if you have further questions about this. We'll even get somebody on the podcast who's an expert in this area. Or I'd love to have some women on to talk about this, either with me or just directly to men. It's what we're going to be doing at many of our great man seminars and, and conferences coming up. But be the man you're meant to be in the life of your daughter or your stepdaughter or the young ladies that you have an opportunity to impact. We can make a difference and we can launch some magnificent women to accomplish and to live fully and vibrantly in this world because this is one of the arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.